What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode number 263. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good uh, good time in between shows. Um, I got a great show for you. I'm actually doing this show from another country. That's right. I am in Canada right now. Uh, I'm in Ottawa which is one of my favorite places in Canada. You know, a lot of people always talk about the big three, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto. Uh, Ottawa, I think, is an underrated place. I love it. It's kind of their version of uh, Washington, D.C. You know, a lot of the, you know, all the, you know, uh, politics goes down over here. Beautiful buildings, though. Beautiful architecture. uh, Really safe. Really, really safe. Like, you can walk anywhere here. Uh, one of the funniest things was when I got picked up from the airport, they were showing me around and I was like, where should I avoid? Where are the bad neighborhoods? And the guy goes, Paul, you from Jersey? And I go, no, New York. And he goes, oh, you're from New York. He goes, yeah, you're the bad neighborhood. You like we, we brought the bad neighborhood to us. Um, and, and you could see that like you could walk anywhere. It's just, you know, it's amazing. It's really, really cool. And, um, I'm having a great time being out here. I really am. I did, uh, my third show last night. The club is definitely living up to the hype where it's just an amazing club, great crowds, you know, uh, people paying attention, listening, and just uh, having a great time. So um, and I'm actually doing this from my comedy condo. Now, uh, I know some of you people, if you listen to my podcast, I'm sure you listen to a lot of other comedy podcasts, and comedians for a long time now have been talking about how comedy condos, as opposed to a hotel, are nightmares, Right, it's just um, you know something that a lot of us refuse to do, myself included. However, you know, and, and and just so you know, like some of these places. So for the people that don't know, comedy condo is when you go to a, a city. I'm just gonna hypothetically use an example. Are right, you're going to do a club in Florida? You're going to do the fucking Laugh Shack for a week in Florida, right? Awful name, I know, but it's, I just made it up. So. They book you and they say, you're going to the Laugh Shack in Florida. You're going to be there from Thursday to Sunday. You know, pay is this, uh, accommodations, or, or, you know, pay is this, and you'll get food. And when you get into town, come right to the club and we'll give you the keys to the condo, which means that club owns a condo where each comedian that comes in stays. Now, as you could imagine, over time, comedians staying in a place would probably get nasty and gross. And after years, they still keep it the same and they expect comedians to go in there. When it's not new, it's run down, it's shitty, there's stains, it sucks. So we kind of refuse to do it. And uh, I said a while ago, I'm just not doing it. I've earned, and I really feel like I've earned where I just don't do the comedy condo anymore. You want me to come and do your club? I'll give you a great weekend. I will, you know, give the people their money's worth and do all that shit. You put me in a nice hotel. So... When I was coming to Ottawa, I kind of let them know, listen, I, I'm not really big on, on condos. It's not something I want to do. And they assured me that this condo was different. They assured me that I would love this condo. Not only like it, love it. So um, I got, you know, they were like, hey, it's modern. It's new. There's flat screens everywhere. It's, it's really kept up nice. You're going to love it, you know. And I got here and I got to say, I mean, it's modern. It's awesome, you know, granite countertops in, a, in, in like a, a modern kitchen. 
Um, you know, the it's just in great shape. Uh, the bedrooms are really nice and clean. The beds are super comfortable and clean. Um, there's 50-inch flat screens everywhere with Netflix and all the stuff you could want. There's internet and Wi-Fi. There is a kitchen if I wanted to cook. I mean, of course, I'm not gonna, but... It, it's, it was definitely something where I was like, okay, I don't have to be in a hotel. I could definitely stay here. So uh, that's where I'm doing this uh, podcast from. So there is hope out there, but you just got to make sure you're asking. <laughs> because I love, well, I actually stayed in a hotel my first first night when I got here, but then I, I moved it over to the, to the condo. But um, yeah, a lot of them are nightmares. And if any club bookers or owners or anybody in there is trying to say that, you know, comedy condos, and listen... Not all of them are bad, and as a young comedian coming up, if that's what's going to get you work, you have to suck it up, you know? You don't have the money to put yourself in a hotel, the club doesn't have the money to put you in a hotel, and if you want to work the week there or the weekend there, you got to stay in a condo. I did it, you know, 2003, 2004, when I first started doing the road, um, you know, I sucked it up, and sometimes you got to share it with the other, that was the other thing I didn't want to do, and unfortunately for me, I did not... I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm in the condo by myself. But a lot of times you got to share it with the other comedian that's there, which is also a nightmare and privacy sucks because there's only one bathroom. It's just all around shitty. But this one worked out for me. But anybody going like, fuck that, the condo, you know, if you want work, you got to stay. Yes, to a certain extent. But also depends what comedian you're getting there, you know? If you're getting a fucking four, five, six-year comedian, he should stay at the condo, I guess. You know, that's easy. He's working. But, you know, you get somebody that's been doing it double-digit years in a long time, fucking pony up some money. Or have a fucking dope-ass place for them to stay. That's how I look at it. Okay? Am I a prima donna? No. Do I know my worth? Yes. So, fuck you. All right, here we go. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Amazing NBA Finals. Okay? Um... I got the unacceptables for you. I want to talk about last weekend with Bill Burr in amazing venues and just such a great time. Talk about that. Then the thrash, which was uh, me getting here to headline myself out here at Absolute Comedy. A lot to talk about. But first, we got to get to the sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, of tomorrow. Great comedians, such as some guy named Paul Verzi who did an interview there. Doug Stanhope, uh, Joe Matarese, Hannibal Burris, Big J Okerson. The list goes on and on. Funny comedian in Chicago, Dave Gavry, put together a great website. Uh, based out of Chicago where he interviews and does a great job with all these comedians. So please check out gonzofame.com. Okay, also, everybody, the Verzi Effect is sponsored by City Living Dog. Uh, CityLivingDog.com and Coach Mike. Okay, Coach Mike is one of the best dog trainers in the country and he's always putting amazing and incredible incredible videos on YouTube of what he can do. His services are second to none. He is a, what I think is like a miracle worker. He is somebody that really does speak the language of dog. Uh, He has uh, videos of his little girl walking these gigantic pit bulls and the pit bull will not walk past them. He's got these things obedient and he just does it through confidence and patience with the dog. He understands, uh, 
what, what the dog wants. He understands what the family wants of the dog. And then he merges the two together and he makes it work. Coach Mike, you could see him on Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. Go to his YouTube channel, all of his uh, social media. But it's City Living Dog. And it is, uh, it's actually amazing to see some of the videos. He actually just put a new one out there that I was so impressed with. And uh, he's going to be also coming by uh, to uh, work with uh, our guy on a couple of things that's going on with um, with Lloydie, uh, who's definitely doing better, but, um, you know, still needs some stuff. And uh, I'm glad that I have uh, Coach Mike and City Living Dog to, uh, you know, to to talk to and to help out because uh, when you have that, it's – put it this way. There, I could say this honestly. There are so many people that get dogs and are like, fuck, we got the wrong dog. We may have to give it back. And I'm sure people have given the back dog, but – and it sucks for that dog because it was probably a chance that, that um, you know, it, 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 there was a definite chance that it was the right dog or things could have been done and worked. And there's a chance for everything to get better if you do have access to a good dog trainer. And and these guys, these Caesar Milan, Coach Mike type of guys, these these dog whisperers, these guys that just look at a dog and they just fucking know what the dog's thinking, what the dog wants. It's actually bizarre to me. You know, and there's a lot of bullshit out there too. Like, oh, the cat whisperer. Listen, I got two cats. Cats are cool. Cats, but like, come on, man. Like, you know, the cat's fucked. I, you know, look, cats are cats, but dogs really are like much closer to like human behavior or emotions, I think. And I have two cats for 11 years. I've had cats my whole life. I had dog for a while, but like now that I have this, it's crazy. So please check out City Living Dog and Coach Mike and all his videos on YouTube, uh, uh, City Living Dog Services. Just and, and you can get all this stuff. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Check that out. Uh, also, the new sponsor, Drink More Good. Okay, Drink More Good is a drink product. Okay, they produce handcrafted syrups and mixers from all real organic ingredients, hand-crushed herbs and spices, fresh organic ginger, fresh organic citrus, mixed with seltzer water, okay, um, and it's just amazing. Uh, at a 1 to 10 ratio of syrup uh, to seltzer for a healthier version of a soda, okay, it's got half the sugar and calories of mainstream soda. The beautiful part about it is, um, you know, it's, it's up to you. You control the amount of the sugar and it's all organic no preservatives no high fusion corn syrup uh nothing artificial okay um you know it's open it's good in the fridge up to eight months okay it's it's amazing and you could also mix it with cocktails all right uh it's awesome you know uh you can even cook with them using the syrups in marinades glazes uh and baking it's just uh it's amazing so please the Please, please, they have a retail store um, and production kitchen located on uh, 383 Main Street in Beacon, New York, and they are uh, really amazing, okay? Uh, somebody uh, very close to me told me about them, and I love ginger ale. You guys know I love drinking stuff on the show, and um, now you could go as you want with citrus, with, with ginger ale, all kinds of flavors, and you make it as you want, as, as sweet as you want. You know, whatever, but uh, it's awesome, and they're doing really big things, guys. I'm not kidding. This is a company that is about to blow up big time, and uh, you can go to uh, you can go to their uh, drinkmoregood.com. I will get that for you right now. 
uh, drinking let me just make sure I get this right here uh, let's see here yes uh, so you could go to it is drinkmoregood.com uh, and there is a discount code if you want for 20% off enter goodmaker at the checkout okay and um, these guys are so good they actually do this mission um, this uh, philanthropic mission uh, in three years they've raised 26,000 uh, for their partner nonprofit generosity.org uh, and have funded five water wells through uh, Ghana, Uganda, and Haiti. So not only are they coming up with a healthier version of a drink, uh, uh, a great product that has no artificial anything, no preservatives, nothing, they also uh, are donating to charity and helping people as well, which is amazing. So please check out uh, drinkmoregood.com. Com. And of course, allthingscomedy.com. All Things Comedy has all the podcasts, the Verzi Effect podcast, um, All Things Records, where my record is, uh, my album. So check them out and follow them at All Things Comedy on Twitter. They're awesome. They're all about the artist. So there you go. Now, let's get to the show. I got the unacceptables. I got a couple unacceptables. And I'm going at women in these unacceptables. You hear me? I'm going at you ladies on this one. I'm going at you hard because enough is enough. And it's time you got your shit together. And it's time you figured it the fuck out. Okay? Because enough. It's enough. No one wants to see it. Okay? Nobody wants to see it. I'll get to it. I know I'm, I'm alluding to something. You'll see. I got a couple of them. And I'm upset about this old fucking bitch too. Alright, now... Let's, uh, I love how I just started getting mad at women after talking about how Drink More Good does like nonprofit generosity.org, like helping out in fucking Uganda. And then I'm like, and this old bitch right afterwards. <laughs> um, let me talk first about the weekend that I had. Now, as many of you, many of you know, um, and I know a lot of you people listen to my show um, because you have saw me with Bill Burr or you've heard me on Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to where one of the best comedians in the world um, believed in me and put me on. You know, I heard stories about how, you hear stories about how, you know, people can, can, can help you and you're like, man, that, that's amazing that like Eddie Murphy saw Chris Rock once and, and wanted to help him. And, uh, you know, you just hear of, of things like Kevin Hart is putting on his people now and, and Amy Schumer is putting on her people now. And, and the fact that, um, you know, Bill Burr, who I, I think is the best comic in the world, and, and I'm, I'm, I could be honest and say I'm not being biased because I've been with Bill for a while and now what I see him doing is just crazy. Such a great man, such a great dude off stage, and also probably one of the funniest people off stage. That's what people don't understand about Bill, man. We just cry laughing. It's it's awesome. But, um, you know, Bill was a guy that saw me and, and put me on and was like, dude, you you know, and, and, you know, saw something in me and, and talking about how, you know, watching me grow is, is something that he loves to, you know, do and is, is, he has an, a good time with it and I'm just very humbled and honored to, to, to have that, you know, to, to have a guy like that. You know, anybody could say, hey, I think you're funny, but when it's a guy like that, you're like, holy shit, man. And um, because of that, I've moved on to headline. You know, I've, I've kind of, you know, and, and that was a thing. I mean, I remember touring with Bill a little while ago, and he's like, yeah, you know, you're going to be going on your own. And, and I was like, yeah, man, it's awesome. You know, and, and you, you see the like the progression of like how it happens and it's just time to for me to go. So the last two years I kind of been headlining on my own, but we're so close 
that we say, look, man, we got to do some, we just have too much fun. So when it works out, let's, let's get together. And I know the crowds like it too. So, um, Bill was coming to the East Coast and he was doing Newark, New Jersey, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and Baltimore. And he's like, if you want to jump on those. So we did it. We did it. We did it in upstate New York and we did it. We did a a handful this year. And I got to tell you, it was just like, it just felt like every time we get together, even if it's one, two, or three shows, it feels like the old days when we're on a bus tour, you know, going going all over the place. And um, Newark was so fun. The NJ Pack was beautiful, um, especially the second show. The first show had to start on time at 7 o'clock, so people were, like, still filing in. Uh, Keith Robinson, uh, it was awesome to have him on the show because Keith uh, recently had a, uh, a stroke. And, uh, you know, who knew, who knows if he was ever going to, who knew if he was ever going to be able to do stand up again. And he kind of came out there and, um, you know, not as mobile. So he just stood in the pocket and crushed and it was so cool to work, uh, you know, me, Keith and Bill and the NJ pack is beautiful, man. It's just like, it's only like a 21 year old theater. And usually these theaters are made in the early 1900s. You know, you, you know, you always hear stories like, ah, fucking, you know. Fucking Mozart was, you know, like it's just like all these crazy, crazy things. Oh, and by the way, real quick, let me just say, for all you people busting my balls about me, the Second Amendment, or me saying like 1751 and it was really 1791, I'm sorry I didn't fact check before I went on a rant, you assholes, all right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry that, uh... You know, I didn't find, you could say, well, Paul, you're doing a podcast, get it right. I was making more of an example of how long ago the amendment was and that when they were talking about the right to bear arms, they didn't think that somebody could have a fucking hand army, you know, in their fucking, in the palm of their hand to take out a small country. That's what I was trying to say. So all you facts checkers, relax, okay? I don't know what the fuck it was. All I know is it was hundreds of fucking years ago. How about that? Uh, So... Anyway, with these theaters, everybody's like, oh, you know, 1902, 19, you know, but the, the one, the NJ Pack, the, the New Jersey uh, Performing Arts Center was really like four decks up and just beautiful. And then we did something really cool in Atlantic City. We performed in Atlantic City where Mike Tyson knocked out Michael Spinks in like 96 seconds in like a fucking, like a, like a boxing arena. Like it was pretty pretty nuts, and um, they had the screen, it was, it was really an intense room, 6,000 people, and it was definitely like a room where, like, we both got off, like, wow, man, you had to work that crowd, but it was really fun, and we had a great time, of course, but it was, it was nuts, and, uh, and a lot of fun, and shout out to Club Soda Kenny, who I'm sure you guys know from uh, Jim Norton, and from the Opie and Anthony show, and uh, but, uh, you know, Club Soda Kenny is the best, man. He he was uh, hanging with us in a couple cities, and it was great. And then finally we did Baltimore, which was my favorite, um, on Sunday. Uh, yeah, we did Baltimore on Sunday uh, at the Royal Farm Arena, I believe that's what it was called. So fun. Such a great crowd, man. The crowd was so awesome, and... Uh, we were in the green room, and I always bust Bill's balls about Bill's rider for his, um, you know, for, like, the food. Because, like, he's healthy. So we'll either have salads back there and, like, a, you know, vegetable tray. And we're always busting his balls. But it actually is healthier. But this time, these guys had, like, deli meats, cheeses, salads, booze, all kinds of shit. And they, they hooked us up with this room with leather couches and a flat screen. And it was Game 7 of Cavaliers Warriors. Now, this is where things get tricky, everybody. This is where 
this business could wear on your body. So here's the predicament that I was in. We drank a little bit in Atlantic City, okay, went out, uh, had a late slice of pizza, which is a complete mistake considering how good I've been doing with, with eating and my weight. And then we have to drive to Baltimore. And we drive to, <laughs> took all fucking day to drive to Baltimore. Me and Bill were like, why is a two and a half hour drive seat? We were fucking like five hours, just traffic. Just, you know when it's a close drive, but just it's all fucking day. It was like a sitcom. We just couldn't fucking get there. Then you had to piss. Then you had to go to a rest area. Had to do all this shit. It was an absolute nightmare. Nightmare. And Bill was busting my balls because I needed to keep stopping for some reason for gas or for a drink or to piss, which is usually not me. So what was he calling me? Like, Paulie stops a lot or something? <laughs> so you're just busting balls, right? So here's where it gets tricky. We have a show Sunday night in Baltimore, which is about three hours and 45 minutes from my home in northern Westchester County, okay? Which is about an hour north of Manhattan. I'm thir- three hours and 45 minutes out. And here's my predicament. And I'm thinking about it the whole night. I can't not watch Game 7. Because Game 7 was almost a, a must for me because I predicted Golden State to win. I predicted Golden State to win the next two years. And, and I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. However, I also said I would love to see LeBron and the Cavs win. And I'm at, a, I'm at kind of a can't lose. Because if I lose my prediction and Golden State loses, okay, I lost my prediction, but I got to see Cleveland you know, get a title, LeBron bringing a title to Cleveland, which was what I was rooting for really hard last year and kind of was like, it'd be cool to see this year too. Even, you know, putting my bias of my opinion aside, that's what I wanted to see. So I'm like, I got to watch game seven. And I had a weird feeling when the Cavs won in game six. I was like, man, this is, this is his time. You know, think I was thinking about it and I was like, this is his time, man. Like he's got one game to do his ultimate goal. One thing he needed to solidify his life his legacy. Think about that. The man was 60, 48 minutes away from doing something and he got that close. And it's like, do you think he'd be denied if it was that close? And I was like, man, I think this, this could be something special. And I get off stage probably what time? So the show was at 730 in Baltimore. Probably didn't start till, till close to eight. I got off stage around 820, 820 something. And the game was like in, you know, the game was, was like in the second quarter. And Bill didn't know if I was going to leave or not because I needed to... Oh, here's the other thing. I had a 6 a.m. pickup. Yeah, this is a big part of this too. I had a 6 a.m. pickup from my house in New York, which is three hours and 45 minutes away, to get to the airport to fly to Canada the next day. Okay? So it's a fucking absolute thrash. And I just decide, look, I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to watch the whole game. So Bill gets off stage around 10, a little before 10. Uh, I close out the show. We go back. We had some friends that were there come in the green room and hang, eat. They were drinking beers. I didn't. We watched the game. The game's amazing. We're, we're jumping up and down. We're watching that LeBron block. I mean, I'll talk about the, the basketball more in the sports segment of the show. But we watched the game. We, we all went nuts. We all kind of like liked to see what we saw. We all thought we saw history. We all thought we saw an amazing game together. Everyone's like, oh, that's so great. We all got to see that together. We stayed in the arena, in the green room watching it. And then... Went back to the hotel, you know, I got paid for the weekend, I got my shit out of my hotel room, I gave the valet ticket to the guys, got my car, and I left Baltimore probably around 11.30 at night, and I fucking flew home. And I got home around 3.15 a.m., woke my wife up, finished packing, passed out around 3.45 a.m., 
and then got a phone call that the car service was in my driveway for a 6 a.m. pickup and then went to LaGuardia and flew on two airplanes to Ottawa on Monday, okay? Body was shot. That's why I slept for 13 fucking hours today. So that was that, was that. but I'll tell you something. Worth every minute to be with my friends and to have a good time and um, any comedian out there listening to this, listen to me. I've made the mistake. I've gambled and I've got lucky and I've gambled and not been lucky. But I'll tell you this right now, and I'm not trying to sound corny, I'm not trying to sound cliche, but this is probably one of the most important things that a comedian could hear because it's so easy for us to sleep on this and, and, to, and to get fucked up with this. But do not say you're going to have one or two drinks and then, and then drive. And, and, and I don't mean that by, oh, you're really going to be drunk and you could hurt yourself or somebody else. Listen. There's nothing wrong with starting that drink at 9 o'clock, have two drinks, and then by 11.30, you know, get ready to drive because you will be fine and you will not be legally, you, you will be fine. What happens is, though, if you have a three-hour drive after that, your body is going to start to shut down and get tired and be way more tired, which is you might as well be fucking buzzed because it, it's just as dangerous. Um, don't do it. One of the best things I did when I was in Baltimore was not drink. I talked to uh, Burr and a bunch of people after that. Like, dude, I flew home. I felt awake. It's because I didn't sip beer. I didn't drink a wine. I didn't have one cocktail and wait two hours and then say, oh, now I'm fine to drive. Because even when that's the case, your body just fucking comes down from the booze and you get tired. Don't do it, man. It's not fucking worth it. It's not. It's not worth it, man. Driving tired and the older you get, man, you get. I used to never think that. I was like, how the fuck can you fall asleep at the wheel? Think about that. How do you fall asleep in an automobile going 70? I fucking have done it. As a matter of fact, I was so conscious of the fact that I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. I stayed up. And one of the scariest things that ever happened to me was, have you ever dreamed? I, I dreamed. I had a dream while driving with my eyes open. That's how tired I was. My body and brain shut down as if I was sleeping, but my eyes were open and I was still... That's how fucking scary and dangerous it is. And it was one of those things where if I blinked, I would have fucking slept and flown off the road. It's one of the most dangerous things in the world. So um, when you're far away, I made the mistake. I remember one time I, uh, I was in like Vermont and I you know, decided to stay for a while and smoke a cigar. I had like four hours to go and it's just stupid. It's really stupid, so don't do that shit. Sleeping at the, you know, there's stories of people sleeping at the wheel, just, you know, just that's it. Waking up in a, one comedian, they said he just woke up in a field. He just was driving, fell asleep, and like woke up in a field. Like, you know how scary that is? Fuck that. You know, flying off cliffs and shit. So the best thing I did in Baltimore was watch the game, Make sure I was awake. I did not have any booze, and I just fucking flew home. And I knew that my body was able to do the do the drive. Um, you guys are like, all right, yeah, we get it. What are we in health class? All right, fuck you. All right, I'm just trying to. I could be helpful. The Verzi Effect podcast could be helpful, can it? Because we think, because you know, we think we're invincible. Um, but uh, all right, let's let's. I'm gonna get to my unacceptables. Then I'm going to do your guys' unacceptables, and we'll see where we're at from there. My unacceptables, ladies, get your shit together, okay? I went to the airport, and I saw this um, mother. I don't know if she was a single mother. I don't know what the situation was with the father of this baby, but she's sitting there, and she was probably, I don't know, 
late 30s, early 40s. I would say 30s. She's sitting there. She's holding this beautiful blonde baby boy, happy baby, looking at me, smiling. You know, not a bad-looking woman, just like super short hair and just holding this baby. And, 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 and I'm just looking at her being a mother and I'm smiling at the kid because it's something that I can relate to. You know, when you're a dad and you have a kid and then you see a parent with a kid, you think about when you took your kid to the airport and shit like that. So I just look over at it and I'm connecting with it because it's something I can relate to. And then I notice the mother's feet in flip-flops. And, uh, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, the feet were awful. No, the feet weren't awful, okay? The bottom of the feet were fucking awful. Ladies, stop it. Okay, stop with your flip-flops in the spring and the summer because you get excited that you could have your fucking open toes out and your fucking heels are fucking dirty and crusty and flat and black. It's fucking disgusting, okay? Grow up and understand that your bare feet are still something that are out there that people can see. And just because I'm comfortable, it doesn't fucking matter. Cover up your dirty, flat fucking heels or get your feet scrubbed Go get a mani-pedi and have your fucking feet look normal, okay? The bottom of the foot is supposed to look soft and fucking pink and fucking cushy and nice, okay? Not a fucking flat, hard, gray or black rock that is on the bottom of your fucking foot. It's disgusting. And I know some of you, I'm talking to you right now. Fucking get old, grow up. It's fucking disgusting. Cracks on the side of the feet. Well, you know, it's hard. Well, then cover up your feet then. Cover If my feet are fucked up, you know, you ever notice when your nails or your toenails get long, if you can't run and clip them real quick, you put fucking socks on and you get to it the next time you could get to it. You get to it the next day. You're not going to go, oh, well, my feet are really fucked up, but I'm still putting flip-flops on while the public can see me. Look like a fucking monster foot. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I have seen it too many times. I was at Starbucks today. And these two young girls come in and they're talking and they're all done up in their makeup and everything. And guess what? Flip-flops. And when I see feet, I go down. Me and Yana's pop has got this thing where it's like, if you expose your feet, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. You know? Not in a creepy foot fetish. I'm like staring at your foot for like, I'm just, it's, it's, if the, it, it just needs to look like a fucking foot. Okay? It can't look like something that's been fucking sitting over a fire for 20 minutes. Cracks and black and shit on the feet. It's fucking disgusting, man. It really is. It's fucking nauseating. It's like have some self-respect, you know? And you know what? Step up your game with the flip-flops. If your flip-flops are all like flat and stained and not, go get fucking new ones. You should get new flip-flops every fucking year. Now, I've had these for like 15 years and they just, yeah, no wonder why why it fucking shapes your foot to look like a flat, shitty fucking thing. I've had them forever. Look, they're worn in. Yeah, exactly. Get new ones that are more fucking cushy and support your foot and have your foot scrubbed before you stick it in that damn thing. It's ridiculous. It really, I'm like actually angry. I'm not even joking. It's actually an, it's an insult. It's an insult, women. You're putting your feet out there. You don't want to be, listen, I know that you don't owe anybody anything and I know like, I'm fucking beautiful no matter what. No, you're not. You're not beautiful no matter what because you know someone's going to say, wow, she's beautiful up top but look at her crusty ass foot. It's disgusting and I can't eat my ravioli right now or whatever the fuck it is you're eating. I don't fucking owe you that. I have to take care of my kids. I'm sorry if I can't take care of my feet. Then cover it up because it is everybody else's business when you're walking around with it like that. You know, I just, it's, it's fucking disgusting. It's unacceptable is what it is. 
walking around like that's the worst when you see them walk and you could see like when they take the step and their toes kind of get the fucking leverage to take the step the heel goes up and you just see the heel and the heel is just flat and black and dirty and gross and then the sides are fucking like crusty and dry fucking lotion your feet right put some lotion on take some have some fucking self-respect it's fucking gross man it's gross. Go to the beach and let the sand or something like bring your foot back to life. Here's my other unacceptable. Okay? My other unacceptable is when I was walking into Starbucks today, there was an old woman sitting there coming out of the door. Like I'm walking to the door. The door slowly opens and it's a woman in an electronic wheelchair, probably 79 years, 78 years old, white hair, big kind of fat neck, just sitting down not even looking at me. I run over to the door. I hold the door open for her. She doesn't look at me. She looks annoyed at the world and just drives out of the fucking thing. Does not say thank you. Does not make eye contact. Does not nod. Literally did not look at me as if I was not there. As if I was just a fucking slave chauffeur that she expected to do it. And she just gets out and and, and then I'm like, all right, maybe she can't talk. I'm trying to find excuses for her. Maybe this bitch can't talk. All right. But then, no, she's with nobody, and she's holding a pink frosty drink, which lets me know she ordered it herself. There was nobody there to help her. And then she fucking gets on the sidewalk and just puts the thing in fifth gear, and this fucking chair just flies down the head, just goes flying down. Like, she just put, I don't she just jacked this thing up with, like, a turbo boost, and the thing starts flying down the street. And it let me realize that she was on her own, independent, ordered it, and she was just a rude old bitch who was entitled, and I wanted to tip her chair over. That's what I felt like doing. She didn't even look at me. I wanted to tip her chair over or take her frothy pink drink, open it, not acknowledge her the way she didn't acknowledge me, and just pour it on her fucking white hair and let it dribble down her face, nose, down to her big gullet of a neck, which covered up her, her, her real neck, okay, and, and, and just walked away. That's what I would like to done. It's unacceptable. These entitled people, you know? You're not entitled to anything because you're in a wheelchair. It's unfortunate. I feel bad for you. Somebody does something nice for you, goes out of your way, you know? I don't want to hear chivalry is dead when some asshole doesn't accept it. Oh, I'm on a roll, people. It's because I, I slept for 13 hours and I got coffee. You're getting the goods right now because I'm rested and ready. That's why I don't do them late at night that much anymore. But come on, come on. You know, remember that? You, you remember in the old days, a, a man would run up and help an old lady across the street or, or do that shit? It's like now it's just like, yeah, good, you should, Sonny. Fuck you. It's like, fuck you. I'll put a stick in the spokes of that thing and you won't go anywhere. How about that? You'd just be spinning out in a big smoke, you know, just smoking up with the tires, just sitting there. Like an asshole. Unacceptable. I should have ran up and been like, hey, 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 that's not nice what you did, all right? That's not nice what you did. And then just like t- t- turned a gear or something. Or what if I just turned it where it just, or like I just jammed it going left and she was just spinning in a circle, just puking her pink shit. And I'll be like, yeah, you're supposed to say thank you. All right. Those are my unacceptables. I hope you found that as enjoyable. I hope that was an, as enjoyable for you to listen to as it was for me to spew. All right, let's go here. 
Unacceptables. Here we go. This one is from Jake. Hey, Paul. Huge fan of the podcast. Finally writing in. I have a few unacceptables, but I figure I would space them out over a few podcasts. So here's my first. I work in a retail store, and the employees all share the same staff room, uh, which has a communal kitchen area. I usually buy my own food uh, in the shops around work. However, uh, I've been trying to watch my diet lately, so I've been starting to cook my own shit and bringing it to work. Uh, okay. I've been trying to use our kitchen bowls and cups provided at work, but I swear a good 90% of all kitchenware isn't cleaned properly after it's used by other employees. Glasses have food chunks on them. Uh, same with the bowls. All the mugs have coffee rings in them and are filthy. Ugh, it's disgusting and unacceptable. Great one. Great first one, buddy. Uh, people also leave food in the fridge and forget about it until it goes off and stinks out the whole fridge. How hard is it to clean a simple dish so others can use it afterwards? Lock these filthy animals in a cage with a load of dirty dishes and make them clean it properly like a normal human being. Jake Heyman. Jake, I love it. Uh, thank you for the submission. Thank you for the support listening to the show. That is absolutely disgusting. I get mad when my own dishwasher at home doesn't work. I'm like, who the fuck? Why? And meanwhile, it's just a dishwasher. Sometimes there's nothing you could do about it. But to have a communal kitchen for people's lives to be easier so they could save time and eat something quick in the office and not have to run out and have chunks of food in it and chunks of shit on the glasses is absolutely unacceptable uh, and gross. And thank you for the submission. All right. Here we go. And also, thank you for making the font the way that you did. You uh, you paid attention, buddy. All right, here we go. Uh, we have one from a regular, Ryan Gennaro. Gennaro. Hey, Paul, got a few, but I'll be quick. Yesterday, I'm at 7-Eleven, and I see a parked, dented, a parked, dented car with the windows down and the worst type of mindless, terrible rap music you could imagine blasting out of the speakers. So loud it would have been good volume for an outdoor party. I then see this fat, waddling tub of shit woman holding a two-year-old child, ugh, and a super big gulp walks out and heads to the car that's blaring this awful shit. This fat mess opens the back door and puts the kid into her seat, and before driving off, she turns this shit horrible rap even louder. Ugh. She turns this dog shit horrible rap even louder. I feel bad that that little girl had to have this shit blasted into her ears because her mother is an obese moron, probably feeding her kids 7-Eleven pizza. Ugh. Uh, I took the attached pictures. I took the attached pics at the red light, having a sign that says keep off the glass when your lawn looks this brittle and fucked up is unacceptable. It's not even a lawn. There's patches of dirt everywhere, you white trash dope. Um, okay, I delivered a pizza to a house, and the morons that ordered the pie took five minutes to answer the door and pay for it. As they kept me waiting, I was getting more pissed off by the second. I then heard what sounded like a piggy bank being emptied <laughs> and change being handled. And four minutes later, this fat, ugly fuck comes to the door with a huge grin on his face and starts laughing as he's handing me a bunch of coins. He takes forever and then thinks it's cute that he's paying for a $15 pizza with nickels and pennies. He then says in a snide tone, 
Do you want to count it? I wanted to throw the coins at him and kick him in his fat, distended stomach and put the steaming pizza on top of his fat head while he screams in pain. <laughs> but society doesn't allow that type of behavior. So instead, I just smiled and said, no worries, man, and thank you. You know exactly what I'm going to show. Uh, sh you Hold on. You know exactly when I'm going to show up and how much you owe me. And you're a real fucking uh, jamook. Uh, if you can't have that shit ready when I show up with your food. I guess being fat and dumb go hand in hand sometimes. Thanks for reading. Take care, Paul. Yeah, let me see the pictures here you sent. Keep off grass. That's hilarious, and it looks like a fucking dirty fucking... <laughs> Thank you for the submissions, Ryan. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, here we go. This one is from... This is Fresh Belgian Unacceptable. Dear Paul, just a couple of hours ago I experienced something weird. I don't know whether it's unacceptable or not, and who is one, uh, and who is the one that is guilty of it. In a way, I'm asking you to call it for me. Uh, aren't uh, all right? After all, aren't you, dude? I called it Verzi. Sorry for that. That's Burr's bad influence speaking. All right, let's see what you got. Today I took my mom out for lunch. Like I do every Wednesday. Well, that's nice. And just made me feel like a bad son. After a good meal and paying the bill, I went to the bathroom to wash my hands. I had fries, so my hands were greasy, and I had to take it uh, take it off. Uh, I had to take it off. Uh, after all, I'm not an animal. When washing my hands, suddenly a little girl said to me, Mr., I'm going to a birthday party. Surprised, I look in the mirror and saw a little girl of about four years old taking a dump in the stall right behind me with wide open doors. I didn't notice the open door at the time. <laughs> I walked into the bathroom. I never expected a human to take a public dump in the bathroom of a restroom. I quickly diverted my eyes, walking backward to the stall and shutting the door. As I did this, I hoped no adult would enter the bathroom and think they caught me red-handed molesting a child. The moment the door was shut, this bomb was diffused. I looked around to see if there was some parent in the other stalls. Maybe they could explain why a child, a little girl, had to go to the bathroom alone, ended up in the men's bathroom, and didn't have the courtesy to shut the door. On top of, on top of it all, the kid had no shame to talk to a perfect stranger while being butt naked on a toilet with an open door. It was as if <laughs> we were married for 50 years and both of us didn't give a shit anymore. Pardon the pun. No adults were to be found. And I said to the girl, keep the door shut while you're busy uh, and don't talk to strangers like that. Paul, I hope to keep that girl from becoming a mess of a woman later in life with that simple advice. I fled the bathroom <laughs> and left the restaurant while leaving. <laughs> While leaving, I could identify the parents of the child, and I had no time for a brawl with, uh, no doubt, some animals uh, for parents. My question is, is the kid unacceptable for being casual in that situation? Are the parents unacceptable for placing the kid in that situation? Or am I unacceptable for not drowning the parents in the toilet bowl full of their own daughter's shit? Uh, one size family cage, please. Uh, kind regards. Uh... Lorenzo, uh, uh, Van Torout. Um, all right, a couple of things here. One, 
it definitely would have freaked me out if I was washing my hands and all of a sudden a little girl said, I'm going to a birthday party. I saw a little girl at the door open. That would really freak me out. I think all of your emotions and thoughts during this thing going on were right. Um, I, I think that, first of all, I got to be honest with you. I think it's to, to answer your question, there is a simple answer. The girl is four years old and doesn't know better. My daughter is four years old. And if I said my daughter, you just go to the bathroom alone, who knows what would happen or how it would end up. I think the parents are, I think what you did was absolutely not unacceptable. I think what you did was very acceptable and right. You backed up, you didn't look at the girl, you closed the door, you told her not to talk to strangers, and you kind of got out of there. Um, what I would have done if I was you uh, was walked to the, to the parents, and I would have said, look, just so you know, your daughter was like naked on the bowl. I saw her while I was washing my hands. She started talking to me, and she's in the men's room, and I don't think she should be alone. Maybe something like that, I would have said. Um... Yeah, and, and I think other than that, you did the right thing. I mean, you don't have to yell at the parents. Just tell them what's going on, and, and that's a fucking... How could you... Dude, my son is seven, and I don't let him go to the bathroom alone. Like, I'll just walk in, and we'll close the door, lock it, and I just, like, walk in the corner and look at my phone and make sure he's okay. I'm not leaving my fucking kids in a public restroom, let alone my fucking little girl to go in naked to a men's room. Lord knows what she'll see or hear. That's fucking ridiculous. You know? God forbid a little girl catches a glimpse of a man dick. That could fuck her up forever. So, yeah, that's bad, man. Um, what did you say here, though? Uh, while leaving, I couldn't identify the parents of the kid and had no time for a brawl with. Okay, yeah. No, I don't know, man. I think you did the right thing. I would have just, instead of having, you wouldn't have to have a brawl with him. I would have just said, look, I don't think it's smart to leave your daughter naked in the bathroom going, you know, talking to strangers. But that's brutal. All right, a few more here. Uh, unacceptable. This is from Robert Parker. Paul, your rant on last week's podcast regarding the alligators in Florida was completely unacceptable. You said that alligators in Florida should essentially be uh, eradicated. Are you out of your fucking mind? The dinosaurs were there long before the blood-sucking English came over there and stole this country from the Native Americans. Furthermore, your take on guns, specifically semi-automatic rifles, uh, was absolutely idiotic. I hate hearing those who don't own or have never attempted to purchase a firearm speak on how easy it is to buy one at Walmart. Going forward, please educate yourself before spouting your ignorance for the world to hear. I've been listening for a few months now. I enjoyed uh, what I heard up until last month or so. You seem to be going off the rails now. Okay, I'm a huge Bill Burr fan and thought you would fit in the same category in my mind, but I guess you're now revealing the real Verzi. Good luck with your comedy career and podcast going forward. Just know you now lost a fan. All right, well, first of all, uh, first of all, Robert, I uh, have no problem if you don't want to listen to me anymore and uh, if you have a different opinion of me. Okay, uh, if one podcast is going to, uh, if one podcast and one thing I say after you listening for a while is going to make you not be there, then you know what? You're a hypersensitive person that would have left if you hear a joke or something you don't like. So whatever, dude, I don't know what to tell you. That's fine. Um, I, my, my take on, on semi-automatic weapons, first of all, I have shotguns and I grew up with guns. So, uh, you know. To say that maybe I didn't own a gun, but my father owned many guns. I was handling guns at a very young age. 
and uh, none of them was an assault rifle, or or none of them none of them was a semi-automatic or automatic or anything that was a high-powered weapon like that. It was all either handguns or shotguns. Okay, um, so uh, if you have a different opinion, brother, you have a different opinion. That's fine. Uh, you know, so that that's all I'll say. Uh, I'm glad you're a huge Bill Burr fan. Stay a Bill Burr fan. If you're not a Paul Verzi fan, you know, all the best to you too. No worries. No worries at all. Thank you for listening up to this point. Uh, okay, next. Here we go. This one is from Matt DeLuna. And Matt DeLuna says, Animals at the movie theater. Uh, hey, Paul, sorry for this being a little long. No, it doesn't look that bad. But I have to explain uh, the animals that were let out of the zoo to attend the movie theater I went to. This past Saturday, me and my wife went to go see a Central Intelligence, and there were animals everywhere. First, the employees took forever to clean the theater, so they made us line up. The movie was 10 minutes from starting, and they still weren't done cleaning. Behind us in that line, four older people start talking about Trump out of nowhere. Like you, I am an independent, so I have no dog in the fight, but they went on and on and on about him, uh, and it just got annoying. Once we got into the theater, these two whales, a husband and wife, sit right in front of us and put their feet on the chair in front of them, causing their fat asses to push their seats all the way back to the point where they almost hit my knees. We slide down a couple of seats, but we can't escape them because once the movie began, they became the most annoying people I've ever seen in a theater in my life. She's screaming, oh my God, on action scenes. She's cackling like a, <laughs> like a witch on the funny scenes. She's dancing in her chair to any scene that has music and, uh, and is talking to her husband so loudly about the scene that just happened seconds ago like no one else is in the theater. Uh, not only that, but a bunch of people around us started uh, pulling out their phones and started texting right in the middle of, uh, of the movie. What happened to common sense and etiquette in a movie theater, Paul? There, uh, were these people raised with no manners? Someone needed to call animal control to put all these animals back into their cages and to make sure they installed TVs in their cages so the general public never has to deal with them again. Can't wait to see you back in Los Angeles and keep up the good work. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that. And uh, I I almost don't want to go to a packed movie theater. That's how bad it is. I just can't. It's just, no. you know what? It's come to the point where, point where, point where listen, where listen. I don't care where you grew up or, or what. If you don't have at like public manners or etiquette, it's you're never going to have them, number one. And that's why I don't like public transportation and I don't like being around the public because... You know, even if it's a smaller percentage, it's still it still fucking sucks and it's disruptive, and that and and that's absolutely unacceptable. Thank you for the submissions. Here we go. Uh, let's see here. Okay, this one is from Robert Thompson. Unacceptable. Hey Paul, hope you're enjoying Old Canada. Uh, as for me though, I am on fire uh, over this situation. I'm going to make this as quick as possible, but I need you and my fellow TVE listeners to feel my pain on this. As I have said before, I moved to Atlanta from Chicago for a job transfer. I put my house in Chicago on the market for about eight months and had no bites, and I, uh, and I was out of time to wait any longer, so I decided to rent it out. Worst mistake of my life. 
After about five months of the guy in my house not paying rent, I decided to have him evicted. So I followed all the rules and gave him a five-day notice. And of course, the asshole did not leave the house. Now, I had to go to the police and have him serve papers. Uh, now, guys, it cost 160 every time you have a sheriff serve somebody, uh, whether they are successful or not. I had to have him served three times before. The sheriff was able to successfully give him his court appearance papers. At this time, I was just relieved I was going to get him the hell out. Well, guys, that's where I was wrong. After going to court, the judge said I could not evict him because he had three kids that needed a place to live. I looked at the judge and said, so what do I do now? The judge told me to help him look into government funding that could help him out. Paul and friends, this is where I am at. I have no idea what to do next. The water and sewer is in my name, so I decided to shut it off. But the city sent me a letter saying I can't shut off services to a rental property just because they are not caught up on the rent, so I have to continue to pay the 130 a month for him to live there. I am so far in the hole at this point, I doubt I will climb my way out. And the worst part is I have known, oh, I have known this guy for over 10 years and he still did this to me. I am now broke and my credit is going to shit because the government caters to low lives of America. Uh, I am not sure what part is unacceptable. The judge, the renter, the fact that the low life produced three times, uh, produced three times the fact that his kids will one day reproduce or me for renting to such a worthless human being. Lock them up, <laughs> lock, them, lock them up in my house <laughs> and call it a cage. Don't worry, I'll pay the bills. Oh, man. Well, Robert, that's a tough one, brother. That's a fucking tough one. Um, yeah, I remember you. And uh, I don't even know what to say about this one. That's a really unfortunate situation for everybody. You know, the kids, you especially. Um, the fact that legally you got fucked like that is just brutal. Um, you know, I, I guess the only thing you could do, man, and this is my honest opinion because it seems like getting mad or doing that is just like the law is clearly against you on this one. So my true advice to you would be to just talk to the dude as civil as you can and be like, look, man, my credit's going to shit. Like, I did you a favor by renting this place to you, and, like, I'll help you look for a place, but, like, let's do this together so you and your kids could be okay and I could get my shit back and, and be okay and get my credit going and, and get out of the hole and do it that way. Um, I think civil is the only way to go here, especially when you've already gotten to a court and a judge. That's, that's my opinion, so... Uh, very unacceptable, very frustrating. Uh, it sucks, man. Okay, Minnesota unacceptable. James Kinerman. Hey, Paul. I'm a private investigator from Milwaukee, but travel around Illinois and Minnesota as well. I was recently in Minnesota on a case on a Sunday and wanted to go uh, have a nightcap uh, after driving all day. I soon realized... There is no alcohol sold on Sundays in Minnesota. What kind of twisted shit is that? Maybe I'm overreacting because Wisconsin has uh, three times more bars uh, than grocery stores, but what the hell do they do on football Sundays? If churches 
can distribute wine in the morning. I should be able to get some whiskey at night. I think the law is un-American and certainly unacceptable. I'm with you, man. I don't understand what this whole thing on Sundays is with not drinking. All right? You shouldn't have to limit the day of the week if you want to pop. You know, what happens if you win the lottery and you find out on Sunday? You know? What happens? Just you find out. You come home and you, you were out and the ticket's there from Friday or Saturday. And all of a sudden you see it and you're a millionaire. You can't. You want to go get some champagne. You want to do something. No, you got to go to bed and wait till the next day. Like that takes away from the fucking moment. What happens if you're having a bad day and you just, you know what, you just want to sit down and have a scotch? You can if it's Sunday. Fucking get your shit. I love Minnesota. But come on, guys. Some places after a certain time on Sunday, but still. Uh, either that or you're just a raging alcoholic. <laughs> Thank you for the submission. Random people babysitting your kid. Uh... This is from Nathan Tice. Uh, I've sent you similar unacceptable before about people posting on Facebook. Um, swap and shops asking random strangers to watch their kids. What the fuck is wrong with people's brains where they um, rationalize letting a complete stranger watch their children? This is absolutely fucking mind-blowing to me. Here is a snapshot of a request and my response uh, and of course, her lame as uh, as I think you were saying ass response. Her response was, "His comment made me sick. Obviously, I would never leave my kid in the hands of just a random person whom I didn't check up on first. Lock this whore bag in jail and strip her of her chill of her child. Let's see what it says here. Okay, urgently needing, urgently needing a sitter for Monday." My sitter is closed on Monday, and I am desperately in need of somebody to watch my two-year-old daughter while I work. I would need you to be at my apartment in, uh, no later than 8, uh, provide breakfast and lunch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to read all the details just because for legal stuff, but I see what you're saying here, and, and then, yeah, that's fucking really bad. And then you said, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous, dude. Nobody is watching my children. I have one more here, guys. One more unacceptable. Let's see where we are on time. Perfect. I have one more unacceptable here. Yeah, I just... Leaving your children. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you lose a job for that. You understand? You lose your job. You call up your boss and you go, I have a two-year-old and nobody could watch him. I'm not coming in. And if that's a problem, I'll take my business elsewhere. That's how important your children should be. You fucking dopes. You absolute dopes. That's why some of these children have no chances. You want to know why? Because they have fucking low-life, shitty parents who should never fucking be able to... not Forget reproduce. They should get their fucking balls snipped off or whatever. Just fucking get your fucking... Just... You should fucking... Some human beings need, should be dragged into a fucking facility and not able to have fucking children. Just get a fucking permanent surgery done where you can't have fucking children. If you think that a two-year-old, you know is okay with anybody. If you think a four-year-old could just run around a restaurant naked and go to the bathroom publicly while you're sitting there shoving your fat face, you don't want to be bothered, you can't get up for a second, man. You're unfit to be a parent. Thank you for the submission, Nathan. Last one here. Guy at my door late at night. This is from Jason Travis. Here we go. Hey, Paul. I in advance, sorry for the length, but this one needs to be submitted. This one's not long. Ah, uh, so last night I'm laying in bed 
And all of a sudden, there is a knock at my back door, which uh, you have to come on my property and pass a no trespassing sign to get to. Paul, it was 10.30 at night, so I'm being the paranoid guy I am. I take my Remington 870 shotgun out of its hiding spot and uh, load it. Then I go to the door and answer it just to uh, clarify uh, I don't have the gun with me at this point. Wait a minute, what? Let me read that again. Being the paranoid guy I am, I take a Remington 870 shotgun out of its hiding spot and load it. Then I go to the door uh, and answer it just to clarify I don't have the gun with me at this point. Okay, so you just kind of left it on the side. I got you. I, I, I figured it out. So I open the door and there is this guy standing there and he asks me if I have any money I could give him because he is down on his luck. So I basically told him to fuck off and not come on my property again or I will call the police. So he goes away and you would think that would be the end of it, but no. He comes back a half hour later and asks again and I tell him to fuck off again and Paul, this time I see he is holding something in his pocket. So I grabbed my shotgun. Wow. That is uh, in arm's reach. And wow. And cock. And tell him uh, he better get off my property before the police have to carry him away in a body bag. Paul, do you think I overreacted? <laughs> and uh, Paul, just saying this has to be the most unacceptable thing like, what the fuck? Who comes to someone's property to ask for money? Like, he is lucky that he didn't back, like, that he backed off because, Paul, if he would have moved forward, he would have been on the floor. Sorry for the length. Love the show. Keep it up. I've been listening for over a year after hearing you on Burst Podcast. Thank you. Uh, wow, man. Well, first of all, um, I'm never coming to your fucking house. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not fucking around. I. I feel like that's really scary that a dude walked on your property twice and it sounds like that's the first time I ever saw like a homeless dude or somebody down look just knocking on a door. That would freak me out too. And, um, you know, I don't know if you overreacted because I didn't see like what your cadence, I didn't see like what your, what, I, I would have to see how it went down and to also see if you felt threatened because the, the, the craziest part about this uh, unacceptable, and thank you, for, um, thank you for submitting it, the craziest part about it is when you said that he went into his pocket. That's where everything changed with the unacceptable because now you're feeling like this crazy guy down on his luck, clearly nothing to lose, is now putting you in a very, very crazy, tricky situation where not only do you have to worry about this guy trespassing, and come, but you have to worry about your life now. So you're not only being like this guy's not only being intrusive. You have to worry about your your life and your and your well-being. So, um, I guess it was comforting knowing you had a gun there. But uh, you know that's it. That's and see that's the situation. You know I got to be honest with you. That's a situation where I feel like it, it is good to be able to protect yourself and have a gun. You know I do. Like I, you know like I was saying before. And obviously look I've lost fans because of saying that I don't think. You know, some of those like AR-15 guns should be able to be purchased or, or whatever and, and, you know, or have easy access to get them, you know, and, and, and people don't like that or people think, you know, that's ignorant or whatever. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. But I am for the right for somebody to have a gun. I am for the right for somebody to be able to protect their house and their property 
And uh, I feel like the situation that I just read, think about that for a second, people. Think about if you're at home and some guy knocks on the door, down on his luck, nothing to lose. You tell him to leave your property. Then a half hour later, he comes back. And you don't know what's manifest. You don't know what's manifest in this guy's mind and what he's thinking and how fucking nuts he is. And you know what? Now I'm just going to go back and try to kill the guy and rob him. You don't know that. But the fact is you did have a gun. And if this guy came to attack, you can protect it. And that's where I think it's important. So, so, so I, I don't, in fact, I think you did the right thing. I mean, I think if you would have pulled the gun out and pointed it at him, that, that would have been bad. But I think the fact that you were just prepared in case this guy really tried to fucking invade on you and, and take your shit or hurt you to rob you, uh, you were protected. So, uh, thank you for the submission. Okay, couple of Twitter ones, not many. Uh, this is from Gary L at Gary333. Cavs fan ripping Clay Thompson for leaving finals without shaking hands, forgetting that LeBron did the same thing in 09. Unacceptable. Wow, that's a crazy uh, good callback. Uh, thank you for submission. John Baxley at John underscore B A X L E E. Oh man, this one this one made me feel good and warmed my heart, man. Um, got my gunner hooked on your show. Also renamed our platoon the Animals. Guys, I have to tell you something. Hashtag lock us in a cage. Hashtag unacceptable. John, um, I can't thank you enough. I want to shout out the platoon, the Animals. Uh, you guys are my favorite platoon uh, in the military. Just because, dude, how nuts is that? That there is a fucking U.S. platoon named after, called The Animals because of my show. Um, It's the most humbling thing in the world. And they sent me a picture of them actually like armed in the fucking, you know, in the vehicle. And they took a picture of it. It's it's the best, man. Um, I've always said many times, you guys know how I feel. I don't want to sound like a broken record. The soldiers are my, are the best. They're the best. They're real heroes. They're why we're safe. It's amazing. So, um, you know, I don't even know. It's it's actually overwhelming to me that uh, that there's a platoon named the Animals because they all listen to my show and they're hooked on my show. And it's because of you, John. So thank you so much for letting these guys know. And please, um, if there's anybody that uh, anybody out there that wants a copy of my uh, album, any soldiers that wants a copy of my albums or posters, you know, hit me up. I'd love to send like a package out to. Uh, I'd love to send a package out to you guys for sure. So uh, please let me know the information that I need in order to get that done, and I would definitely get that done. That is awesome. Thank you so much again, John. Uh, that's crazy, man. Um, anyway, next one is uh, Alex uh, Beniaz. I hope I said that right. It's at a b a n y. A-S-Z, like Zebra 23. Paul Verzi, cage him up, unacceptable. It's a group of people in a cage with wild cats jumping around the cage. <laughs> um, this one from Blair Stewart at Good Stewart 17. Acceptables during the unacceptable segment like this one from the New York Knicks are becoming more com- common. Derek Rose heads, yes, Derek Rose heads to the Knicks. I know, I saw it. Um, let's see here. I think we are almost done. Okay, this one is from, uh, what is this one from? At HRDLS, uh, eating a cherry at the gross, at the grocery store is one thing, but leaving your nasty pit for an employee to clean up is hashtag unacceptable. Yes, it is. And gross. No tact. Here we go. Chris Frost at MN Frosty Boy. The fact that I am a Minnesota sports fan, uh, in and uh, in and of itself, may be unacceptable. 
Twin Cities having longest title drought. Okay, well, yeah, don't worry, man. Stick it out. Thank you for the thing. The unacceptable submission. Here we go. Is there another one? Gary L. Here's another one. At Gary333, trying to leave the casino, but the wife and in-laws have to play every damn slot machine on the way out. Let's go. Hashtag unacceptable. It's hilarious. Uh, all right, guys. That is it for the unacceptables. Thank you guys so much. Um, oh, my God. What the hell is this? Somebody just sent me something where somebody go get curry. He made them. He made. What the fuck? Just I just got a picture from somebody at notes. Lost boys b at lost b o i z underscore notes. Somebody go get curry, man. He mad than a bitch right now, and it's a guy walking. It's a guy walking naked in a parking lot. I don't know what the hell that is, but I guess thank you for the submission. I don't know if that was supposed to be Steph Curry or whatever. But anyway, so that's the, that's the unacceptables. Thank you guys so much. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, that's it, man. That's, uh, that is it for the unacceptables. Submit to unacceptables for TVE. On, um, submit for unacceptables on TVE uh, at gmail.com. And, uh, and also, obviously, get, get the ones on uh, Twitter. Where are we at now? All right. We are, wow, an hour and ten, but we, we don't have much left. So thank you. And guys, again, I have opinions. You know, I have opinions and I say things. And some people obviously don't like them. Some people love them. That's fine. Just understand one thing, man. Uh, when you come to the show, I'm going to say what I feel. And my opinion might be different than yours. It's all good. It's all good. You don't have to like it. I don't give a fuck. I'm doing this show for free. I do this show for free. I do this show for you guys. That's why I do it. Okay? Uh, and, you know, people are really sensitive today. People get upset about things. Whatever, man. All I could say is enjoy your life. If you like what I say, great. If you don't, you just don't have to listen. I really do not care. I honestly don't care if you don't listen. If you don't listen to my show, if you don't like my show, that's fine. There's a lot of good podcasts out there. You weren't if you listen, if you listen to my podcast and you don't like me, you were never gonna be a fan anyway. Go. Get out. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but what I do care about is that unbelievable NBA finals. Absolutely unreal. Okay. Um so I was wrong with my prediction thinking the Warriors are going to win. But uh, what LeBron James did is so undeniable. What LeBron James did is um, has solidified. I mean, that's it. He is a made man. That's it. What you LeBron haters saying that he wasn't, he didn't like the big moment. I used to think so too. Then I did see him kind of come out of that a couple of years ago. Uh, still thought that he kind of, you know, didn't deliver in certain spots, knowing how great he was. That is all out the window. LeBron James did it. He did it. He came back. He needed to leave. I am somebody that um, I believe that things happen for a reason. I think he needed to go to Miami to figure stuff out. He came back and he brought a title to Cleveland. That's it. He did it. And that block that he had in that fourth quarter was one of the most spectacular things. And that's what makes sports so beautiful. Whether you like sports or not, if you watch the game, if you knew the magnitude of that game, of that moment, that block of just not being denied kind of let you know they were going to win the game. 
It was amazing. Kyrie Irving is every bit, every bit as important in in that series win as as LeBron James is. Now, LeBron James definitely deserved MVP. LeBron James is the MVP, and what he did was amazing. But there is absolutely no way somebody could tell me convincingly that if Kyrie Irving was not on the Cavs, they would have still won because it's just, it's just that is just not a fact. Kyrie Irving and LeBron James won that title, okay? And the numbers they put up were incredible, and the defense that they played, it was amazing. Let's be honest, Teron Liu crying like that, holding the it was a little much. You know, there was a lot of crying going on, but... um. Like I said, man, after they won game six, I said, one game for you to do what you were born to do. Think about that. If your whole life is a goal it, to get a championship to your hometown, and your whole life as a kid and in high school, and then all these things happen and it doesn't happen, you go, but your whole thing, and then it comes down to you're 48 minutes away, 48 minutes away from making that a reality, the unthinkable, the dream, the promise. The, the destiny, and you're that close, you know, it's almost like fucking set up, and uh, I'm glad, you know, as much as people are like, no, fuck it, I hope he never did, because he left, just kind of take yourself out of that, man, it's kind of cool what he did, it really is, it's kind of cool what he did, and, uh, you know, I, I just feel like it was one of those things where coming down three to one reminded me of when the Boston Red Sox were losing to the Yankees three games to none and then won four in a row. Sometimes it takes that, not only winning, but that like miraculous winning to kind of get over the hump or get rid of the, you know, I don't know, get rid of the hex or the curse that that you feel like was on your franchise or holding your franchise back. So not only do they win, but they come back from three to one on the defending champs who's got the two-time MVP, best record in history. They beat the 90s. The, these don't forget who the Cavs beat. The Cavs beat a 73 and 9 Warriors team that broke the 72 and 10 1996 Chicago Bulls record. That's what this Golden State Warriors team did. They went 73 and 9 in an 82 game season. Okay, and they lose game 7 after being up 3 to 1 and they came back down. They came back from being down 3-1 to OKC. It was an amazing... That's why the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals and semifinals are just the best. The conference finals and the NBA finals are are undeniably just amazing. So congratulations to LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That block will go down in history as one of those plays. You know, I'll tell you what. Cleveland got killed with the drive by Elway. The fumble, right? They had the block. They had the drive. They had the fumble. Then they also had the decision, which was LeBron leaving. All of these bad things. But you know what? Now they got the win, and they got the block. They got the block, everybody. So uh, my buddy Jason Lawhead. I know he was crying. I think he watched the game fucking nineteen times already. Uh, so congratulations. I know a bunch of people in Cleveland. I know the Cleveland the comedy club out there. Hilarities. All the employees. They must be going nuts. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's it, man. The New York Knicks got Derrick Rose today. I'm hearing rumors of Dwight Howard, which I don't love, but what I do love is that Phil Jackson is actually making moves. So now we got D Rose, Przingis, Carmelo Anthony. That's a team that will go to the playoffs, uh, and we're still not done making moves. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I think what we are, yeah, it's still two months away from even thinking about talking about NFL football, but, um, you know, 
And hey, let me eat crow here. Let me let me say I was wrong. That's right, everybody. I was wrong. I made a prediction on the Warriors, and I was wrong. Um, I, I I really didn't think it was going to turn out this way, especially when they were winning three to one. I'm like, there's definitely going to be a repeat here, and uh, they 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 didn't deliver. They did not deliver. And I don't know if that takes away from what they did last year because they played a hurt Cavs team, but I think it kind of does. Now that I think about it, I think it kind of does. So. Sorry if you're a Warriors fan, but I still think what you guys did was great. You have amazing players, but you know, you can't you can't lose a final at home. If you know when a team comes back on you three to one, you just can't. Um, that's it. Uh, also, I'm, I want to address some sad news that uh, happened. Um, I just want to um, talk about something really sad uh, here. Um, a buddy of mine, or I should say maybe I should say an acquaintance of mine, not somebody that I hung out with all the time, but somebody that I saw and I saw at parties in high school. He was a year older than me in high school, um, but uh, he passed away to, to cancer after a very long, courageous fight, and I really mean that. You know, I, I got to follow his fight through social media and Facebook and friends and reading things, and, uh, you know, there were obviously like, you know, donations for his bills and, you know, all the stuff that he had to go through that they put up, like GoFundMe um, fundraisers and stuff. So I, I was able to see and read and, and watch, you know, everything over time. And unfortunately, I think the cancer came back aggressive and um, and I took his life. His name was TJ Zegley. I know some of you guys actually saw me post things to help raise money and some of you actually did that, which I really appreciate. But after a long battle, he uh, succumbed to it. And uh, it just really was, it just bothered me because he was one of those guys where not, we didn't hang out all the time, but always a positive guy, always smiling, always just happy, always just like kind of like one of those guys full of life and, and just really nice, a nice, happy, positive person. And uh, I'm glad he's not suffering anymore. I'm glad he's not in pain, but uh, he was a young man and it's very sad. So I just want to say rest in peace to TJ Zegley. Uh, thoughts and prayers with uh, his 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 friends and his family and the people close to him. I know his girl was with him by his side the whole time, and uh, it was just a really unfortunate thing to hear and just makes you think, like, what's really important in life is just family and health and the health of everybody that, you, you know, that you're close with and you love. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, buddy, and um, I just wanted to say that uh, before before I ended the show. Uh, as far as movies, guys, I did not see movies here, but apparently in Ottawa there is a movie theater that serves you dinner and food, and uh, I might be able to do that tonight. So <laughs> I'll see. I will see if I do that, but I have not seen anything. They have Netflix here, but I need to get some some sleep. I don't know if I'm ever going to fucking watch a movie. Plus, let's be honest, the movie's out there now. I'm done. I'm done with fucking superhero movies. I'm not seeing X-Men every two years. I'm getting tired of all this fucking... I really... Is it enough enough... Isn't it enough that every every minute it's like an Iron Man 14, Iron Man fights the Hulk, or Iron Man fights this one, or the fucking Hulk is pissed off? And it's just it's just getting to the point where it's like let's figure out how we could like intertwine superheroes and get people to line up for it. Enough, you know. I want to see The Conjuring 2 just because I want I like a good horror movie where there's like, you know, true events ba- it's based on true events and stuff like that, so I might check that out, but like I'm I mean, it's just really getting bad. I'm going to see some Disney movies with the kids and stuff, but I mean, I just want something new and original. Even the new ones that they're making, it's always like the comedic guy who can't believe what's happening and the tough guy who doesn't like them, but then they become friends or, or you know, 
or fucking, it's just, you know, Captain America's getting pissed off, because he's, it's just like, it's, come on, man, I just want to be blown away, that's it, when's the last time you were blown out of the theater, think about it, uh, so, no, I didn't see a movie, uh, is that it, let me do the plugs, where am I gonna be, um, well, I am going to be local. I will be working my new hour all around New York City uh, in July. And um, that's pretty much it. Oh, the Kowloon. I'll be at the Kowloon Restaurant and Comedy Club for the Fight Benefit, which is uh, ex-addicts who are now becoming filmmakers and creating content. I'll be performing that. Um, that is put together by filmmaker, actor Johnny Hickey. That is in the Massachusetts area. That is on the 30th of June. And uh, I heard tickets are going well for that. So you could check that out. It's a great cause, great fundraiser. And um, and that's it. Just uh, working on some stuff, working on a new hour for other dates and stuff uh, and updates. Go to my website at paulverzi.com. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Don't forget my sponsors, guys. Go to gonzofame.com for the best interviews with comedians. Go to City Living Dog and Coach Mike and all of his stuff. Uh, just go to City Living, City Living Dog on... Uh, you go to citylivingdog.com and hit his YouTube page and all that. Uh, drinkmoregood.com uh, for amazing it's just uh, mixers and syrups that, that are all natural no preservatives that you just put into your seltzer water and you make your soda how you want it all amazing flavors please don't forget to check those guys out that drink is about to pop all over the place and, uh, and all things comedy so um, until episode 264 I'm out of here I hope you guys enjoyed this one I'll talk to you guys soon